Burrito Radio Show is brought to you by 2B1 Entertainment. Have you ever wondered how the pedicab industry got started? You know the guys and gals that travel people around town? Well, purchase the book Pedicab Hearsay, available on Amazon.com, both electronic and hard copy. Get the stories today. show with your host 2B1 Energy out here in Southern California. Uh, nice uh, nice days coming up behind and ahead. Uh, we have Boxing is Life one more time with Baba Zande. Baba Zande, how you feeling today? Hey, I'm feeling fantastic. Hope all the people out there are feeling what I'm feeling. I'm feeling good. Right. Now, the reason why we have this show called Boxing is Life is because Baba Zande for all those that didn't know, actually goes out to certain organizations and certain um, businesses to talk about being a life coach to those that need it using boxing terminology. Now, uh, first of all, Baba Zande, how long have you been going out and doing public speaking for certain colleges, universities, and businesses and organizations? How long have you been doing that? Oh, I've been doing that um at, at, that's been uh, how I primarily um support myself I'd say for the past 15 years maybe um and uh the, the longer I go the, the more I do so um I, I'm really passionate about that about that topic I'm really passionate about um fight philosophy and I and I enjoy uh, marrying them up to make my my points, to make to make people strong, to make people have better lives. Now that's only one way that I that I give the message, but it's it's a favorite. So when you go to your fighters that you train, the little youngsters, are you also using these same uh, philosophy uh, when you're talking to you know motivational skills? Oh, definitely. You know, um, the, the younger you can get them, uh, the better. Um, mostly, you want to train them to. Um, <laughs> you know, not get hurt um, in the ring. And, uh, you know, the, the the first thing, for example, we, we would train, the first thing I got trained on was um, you have to learn in the ring how to um, how to stay there when punches are getting thrown at you. You can't lose your mind when punches are getting thrown at you. So I can uh, I can take that lesson and I can turn it into a life lesson for anybody at any age for for the children, teenagers, 20 year olds. 50 year old, you know, life will throw punch, punches at you and you have to know how to hang in there and do what you do and not get uh, so um, uh, preoccupied with the punch. Just knowing what you can do. That's that's true in, in, in boxing, true in life. So that's just an example of a, of a quick lesson I would give to any age. So in a short phrase, it would probably be like focus under distress. That's another way to say it. Yes. Because actually, you're being in distress a lot, so you have to remain focused during the constant distressing uh, atmosphere that you're going through. Yes, and it, it, and you know it it, it, not, it may not be huge distress. It may just be um, the, the 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 punch life is throwing at you. May be your own self doubt. Um, it might be um, fear of failure. It may be um, uh, peer pressure. It may be. Um, uh, your experience, you know, you haven't won at it before. So it, it can come from any, it could come from other people. So it can, those punches that are being thrown at you could be a uh, distress in the sense of uh, uh, something uh, deeper or it could just be something uh, normal day to day. But in, in a nutshell, that's essentially what that means is learning how when punches are being thrown at you to, you know, something, and sometimes you'll get hit, you know, and to, and not be afraid of taking those punches. So when you do your speaking engagements, 
how do you usually open up? How do you start off your speaking engagements? Well, for a, um, you know, and again, I, I use a, a, a lot of different mechanisms and it really depends on the audience as to how I'm going and, and, and what lesson I'm going to um, um, try to impart that day. But uh, uh, in this case, I might say something along the line of, let's say we're talking about the concept of resilience. And they think that I'm going to give them, a, you know, I'm going to start with a, a, an educational speech. I like to surprise them by going, I don't want to talk about resilience. I want to talk. Instead, I want to tell you a fight story. And, um, you know, some people will lean forward. Some people will go, what? You know, some people will go, I don't like fights or, you know, so for, for different reasons, I can get people's attention this way. That's just, that's just one of the attention steps I'll use. So you use something to grab their attention, no matter if you're talking about resiliency or depending on what your audience is. Um, have you ever just knocked yourself down with your own fist before by starting off the show? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you gave me an idea. Maybe I'll maybe I'll try that. I don't know. A lot of my stuff is, is virtual now, so I don't know. I, I need different attention steps uh, when it's virtual, but never considered knocking myself out. No. Well, not knocking yourself out, but just down so you can brush yourself up and get back up and then avoid your own punches. No, I can't say that I've done that, but I can make it work. I can make it work. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that doesn't the human spirit usually is a self-embattlement within their own self? Yes, and most fights are this way too. Uh, if a fighter is being honest with you, they would tell you that uh, typically when they go to the ring, there is some fear there. Uh, um, the most famous that I've that I've heard say it is, is is Mike Tyson. There's fear there, which is not, but it's not fear in the debilitating sense. Um, the same thing in life, you know, if 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 you're out of your comfort zone, there's got to be some you know, a little bit of fear there that, you know, can I do this? Or what if I fail? Um, am I going to be embarrassed? Um, you know, what am I going to lose? So, um, yeah, there, there is some some self-talk that has to go on for a fight and for life. You can, Or you can stay in your comfort zone and never challenge yourself, never feel fear. And I could be an undefeated fighter if I, if I always fought someone who was smaller than me, weaker than me, less experienced than me, who I knew I was going to beat. I'd be an undefeated fighter and I could say I was the champion of the world, but I wouldn't really be. Same thing in life. If I never took a challenge on, I could say I'm a success, but I'm not really. I got to get out of my comfort zone and give some, some things a shot and see and see what happens. So it's not about what a person says. It's about the result. It's about how they manage it. About how to manage the result? How, I'm going to get that. How to manage, how to manage the, what they feel. That's, that's the preparation part of a fight. And life, you have to manage what you feel. You might feel extra prepared, but when it's time to go up against somebody else, you don't really know what they're gonna do until they do it. And um, you have to manage that that fear and that 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 unknown, um, so you can so you can compete. Same thing in life. You don't really know what's going to happen. You don't really know if they're going to accept your idea. You don't really know if your idea is going to win, if it's going to rise or fall. But you got to, you know, you got to, you got to flow with it and just uh, and be ready for whatever comes. Just uh, a fight in life, same thing. Okay, let's take a a, a a scenario. Somebody just loses their job. Let's say from the COVID nineteen thing, right? Mm -hmm. They lose their job. They have, let's say, three kids. They no longer able to compete uh, uh, because everything was locked down, right? Mm -hmm. How does the person, other than just getting free government money, how does the person overcome that with their own psyche, with their own resiliency? Okay. They, oh, how so just like that, that, that sounds to me like a, like a person just took a shot, like a knockdown shot, uh, maybe almost a knockout shot. But the fight doesn't start there. The fight starts in the preparation. And in the preparation for the fight, and any fighter who, who, who's been trained will tell you this, that we are trained that when we get hurt, look for your corner. Look for your corner. Um, you'll hear us, find us, and we will tell you what to do. We'll advise you what to do. We will bring you home. So same thing in life. When you get a shot and you have to be, have trained yourself already to let, let me look to my corner. In other words, in life, that's let me look to, to see what I can do. Let me look to what my values are. 
Let me look to what my purpose is. Let me look to, you know, what my strengths and my talents are. Let me see. I, I'm not going to pay attention to the shot I just took. I'm going to find my corner and my corner is going to bring me home. And when I took those shots, when I was fighting, um, sometimes I couldn't see my corner because of the shot I took. So I would look for them. But even if I couldn't find them with my with my eyes, I could hear them in my mind and in my heart. And they would be telling me, talking to me and telling me, you're OK. You're OK. Get up. You know what to do next. So I don't know if it was uh, my coaches saying it. But what I suspected was it was the voice in my head. But I had to train myself to do that before I took the shot. So if I haven't trained myself to do that, I stay down, maybe. So I would say to someone that had taken this shot, this life shot, it's a big shot. You lost your job because of COVID. You got kids. You know, look to your corner. And your corner is your talents and your skills and your values and your purpose and your strengths. And remember what you can do. Get up and then get to doing it. That's what I would say. Okay, let's take let's take, let's take a different scenario. That one was kind of like you know, kind of easy because the government's out here throwing money at people, trying to create a whole new castaway of life. But let's take um, let's say somebody who's just graduated from college, be it a, a, a undergrad or a graduate degree, and they're coming out here in competition with the with the people that are already been doing it for a minute. How does one actually overcome the skill of not falling into the trap of doing something that has nothing to do with their degree? Well, I mean, this this is a this is another fight scenario. I mean, the goal of any fight is to win the fight. It's not I want to win the fight this way or that way. The goal of any fight really is is to win the fight. So you got to adjust to things as as you get into this fight. And you determine this is this isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. Right. So I might have to wait for a couple of rounds until I can get my bearings and check out the landscape and see what it is this guy is throwing at me and, um, you know, and adjust that way. Same thing in life. You get out of, you know, from your degree and it's not what you thought it was going to be. So maybe you do take something out that's outside of your um, degree for the time being. But what you're doing is you're dancing. You're dancing, you're waiting, you're trying to see, you're trying to go to the floor, you're trying to see, okay, how hard is this going to be? How hard is that going to be? And you're waiting for your opportunity. When you get your opportunity, then you go for it. So there is no, you know, and one of the things we teach that are, that are along the academic lines is having a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. If you have a fixed mindset, you come out and say, it has to be this way, um, or, you know, I consider it a loss. All right, it has to be that way, or it's unsuccessful. You have to have a growth mindset. Keep your mind open to different possibilities and so that you can take advantage of the situation that you're in because we can't control all the situations that we're going to face, not in life or in a fight. Yeah, before we go on break, I just kind of wanted to mention, I heard uh, you say in an episode before, it's really about who ha has your backing when you first start out. Who's your sponsors? Because most people that actually make it super big is because they had some type of backing sponsor, somebody that was kind of pushing them along compared to somebody that doesn't have anybody pushing them along. But I tell you what, Baba Zande, let's go on a quick short break. We're going to give them some shout out to our sponsors. We're going to come back and pick it up right there where we left off. Okay? Yeah, I can't wait. You got it. All right. We'll be back in a short moment. This is the Burrito Radio Show with your host, 2B1 Energy. John John from Delso Records, and you're listening to the Burrito Radio Show. Hey, you went up there, told me a minute. I ain't seen you in a grip, boy. How you been? I'm good, Trey. How about yourself? Man, I'm fine, but I tell you what, man, you show these lace down with this apparel, man. Where you get this from? Hey, man, it's that Cash Cow Drip, man. You already know, but you can go ahead and go to my Instagram page at Cash Cow FP. Go ahead and get the drip. Man, I'm with it. Slap. This is Terry from Amethyst Moon. 
We're located at 8329 La Mesa Boulevard in the middle of the village. Our phone number is 619-464-MOON. Please give us a call if you have any questions. We have new store hours this week, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday. We hope to see you soon in the village. Hi, this is Marcos Carvajal. I'm the author from Behind the Stick. I wrote a book about uh, growing up addicted to gambling and playing pool and hustling. And uh, you can find this book on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And I wrote this story to explain to you uh, how uh, the addiction to gambling can lead to uh, other things other than just playing pool and what, what your pitfalls and strongholds are. So I wrote this mainly for my children, but I hope you can enjoy this book. Thank you. to the burrito radio show i'd like to remind everybody that 2b1 entertainment has a game called none is perfect billiards it's a new game to actually test your skills to see how good you really are instead of making this pretension and making up numbers check out none is perfect billiards today on my uh my energy page in the meantime we're here with baba zande with boxing is life and we were talking about how those that are actually coming out of the ranks of training of school training and when they go into the professional realms, what it really takes to really be a, a true, uh, true megastar or just somebody that's just average. Now, Muhammad Ali went to the Olympics in 1960, it was? Uh, I believe it was 56 or 60. I think, you, I think you're right. I think it was 60. 64 was when Frazier went, Correct. right? The, the heavyweight? Correct. The heavyweight. Correct. Yeah, okay, so in 1960, right, they said that I saw uh, some type of documentary that said Muhammad Ali already had 10 Louisville businessmen already sponsoring him before he even even went to the Olympics, ready for when he turned pro to actually support his career so he wouldn't have to work a day in his life. Now, if you had to relate that to the real world, let's say for a college graduate, how, how could somebody – know that they can pick up sponsorships. How would you go about doing that? Well, you, you can't over, you can't take just one situation and apply it to everyone because in addition to having sponsorships, Muhammad Ali was also supremely talented. And um, there's many, many fighters that have nothing and they, and they also reach a, a very high highs. Joe Lewis never went to the Olympics. Marvin Hagler, rest in peace, a marvelous one. Never. Went to the Hold on a second. Hold on. Let me let me rewind. I'm not talking about the Olympics. I said the sponsors. He had like ten businessmen sponsoring him. And not only that, we can't take it before Muhammad Ali because Muhammad Ali broke the mold when it comes down to this kind of marketing schemes. Uh, you know, well, sponsors uh, help. Aspect about about the whole sport. Sponsors help, but not every champion fighter has sponsors and there's plenty of champion fighters that come out with gold like name like name name some i don't understand who doesn't have a sponsor that's a champion um uh, well, didn't have a gold medal um crawford i mean they don't have to have a gold medal but what i'm trying to say is is that um it takes sponsors to really make it happen in your in your livelihood when i say sponsors they don't have to be uh, well-known corporations, they could be your mom and dad over here helping you out. They could be your uncle. They could be a school teacher. They could be a police officer. Like Muhammad Ali went to a, a gym and he got trained with boxing. And the next thing you know, all these people started taking notice. So what I'm trying to say is how does a youngster go out and get sponsors in order to help them propel? Well, again, you know, the fight doesn't begin when the fight begins. It starts in the preparation. You got to develop that when you're preparing 
you know, preparing for the fight. But there's a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different paths to success, and there'll be different levels of sponsorship, as you just said. And the other, and the other thing is, you have to determine how you define, you know, what you what you call, you know, super success. You know, for some people, that super success is going to be money. For some, it's going to be making a difference. For some, it's going to be power, influence. For some, it's going to be um, uh, writing some new. Uh, developing something new and fresh. Um, so there's, there's just different paths. There's no there's no one path to success. But the the the, the simple answer to that is um, the fight doesn't start when the fight starts. You got to develop that during the preparation stage. Can you imagine going into a fight and saying, "Well, I don't have I don't have no trainers. I don't have no promoter. I don't have no um, sparring partners. Nothing. I'm just gonna get in the fight and hope that I, I hope that it all comes together." doesn't work that way same thing with um you know you're trying to be a successful if you haven't developed that that team around you coming in that you can't just go i don't have anybody supporting me you had to do that when you were preparing for life and for the fight so would it be saying that if somebody gets into something without having sponsorship they already starting kind of like behind is that fair to say uh yes but i mean typically uh, unless you just stepped on everyone coming up, you had someone, like you said, uh, you know, if not a teacher, someone supporting you. Typically, we don't see any level of success without some level of, of support. Now, if you crush it on the way up again, um, that that's the preparation stage. You know, um, uh, boxing and life involve resilience to um, adversity. It all involves, you know, preparation. Um, that's important. Then, uh, then uh, recovery when things don't go as you expect them to go, and then uh, growth, um, growing from your wins and growing from your losses. So you can't you you can't take any part of that without ignoring the other parts. So that person that doesn't have what they would consider adequate sponsorship, they have to look at themselves and go, you know, why don't I? I you know, I know I did, but did I not? Um, cultivate those relationships and I, did I not cultivate mentors and advisors and um, people that was going to help me however I need, even if I need a financial help, then I, did I not convince someone that I was worth gambling on? So, I mean, you, you also you look at yourself now, um, everyone is not um, uh, say blessed with the same level of financial um, sponsors, but you got to work with what you got. Everyone's not blessed with the same athletic talent talent either. But you got to work with what you got to get to where you want to go, and that's that's true in boxing, and that's true in life. So when you do your uh, speaking engagements, what 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 topics do you usually hit up? You mentioned resiliency. What other? Well, ones? resiliency is not not anything you can uh, uh, boil down to one word. There are different aspects of resiliency. There's um, we look at um, optimism. We look at um, cultivating your strengths. We look at we look at um, examining and strengthening your values. We look at uh, cognitive behavior theory, which you know basically is control control how your brain interprets events, and you can control how you react to them the, and the consequences that result from them. We talk about mindfulness, which is training where your mind goes. We talk about physical resilience. We talk about uh, maintaining, strengthening purpose, interpersonal relationships. So we talk about diversity and inclusion. So, I mean, there's a lot of different aspects to uh, to resiliency, and uh, it depends on if we're talking about an individual's resilience or organizational resilience. So all those all, all those concepts that are true for individuals are also true for organizations. So there's, a, there's just a lot of different um, aspects that my team and I um, um, go after when we're uh, going to strengthen um, a person or, or, or a company. Nice. Um, and for those that simple minds out there that don't understand that there's more than just four or five letter rhyme words, what does resiliency really relate to? What does it really mean? What's what's the truth? What's the, what's one of the definitions I would say? Well, the, the most common definition is to bounce back from adversity. But um, I, I tell my team, we, we go deeper than that. It really does involve preparation, recovery and growth. Because we're not always going to win. Typically, if you're like most people, you're going to lose more than you win. So you got to grow from those losses so you can go back and prepare some more to recover some more to grow some more. So um, the typical answer is bouncing back and getting up. But um, 
it's more than that for a fighter. You can't just bounce back. You got I, I got to be ready for these fights. So that's a part of my resiliency too, is to be as ready as I can. And I got to grow. Well, isn't, that the growth, isn't that the growth part though? Yeah, but you got to you got to you got to you got to uh, prepare uh, for that. You got to know what I mean. If you're a fighter that that lives off the jab, you can't go in there throwing hooks. If you're the fighter that that, that don't have good feet, you can't go in there. You thinking you're gonna dance? So you got to prepare and know what your weapons are in boxing and in life. So um, and when you're growing, you got to grow off your strengths. I mean, if you're not a physically strong person, then you got to develop a different strategy to compensate for that for that strength. You know, you can't just go. Well, I'm going to go after, you know, what the next man went after, the next woman, because women fight too now. Um, so it, it's it's just more complex than uh, than any single term. And, it, and it's really different for everyone. Everyone wants to win the fight, but you're going to use different tools to get there. Everyone wants to win in life, but you're going to use different tools to get there too. Right. And so, um, so a lot of these people, when they come to you, they're actually looking for some type of motivational skill to do better at their job. Is it for their own self, like encouragement to make their, their relationships better? Uh, which ones are the, the more common needs for the, something that you do? We get a little bit of all of that. You know, sometimes we get uh, people in new positions that um, want to uh, uh, embrace the challenges of that position. So we do a little coaching on that. Sometimes it is relationship building. Um, sometimes it's official relationships, sometimes it's personal relationships. Um, sometimes it is, you know, it's based, sometimes it's based on, uh, what we don't do is uh, therapy, but, um, what we do do is it's based on, uh, what we call positive psychology. In, in other words, if something's going wrong, then you might need a psychologist, psychiatrist, a chaplain or, or something like that. But if, um, if you're trying to prepare before something goes wrong, and that's what typically what we're looking at. So, um, we see a little, we see a, uh, we see a little bit of a uh, little bit of everything. In in, in that, yeah, in that Bob, Baba Zande, uh, real quick before we go on break, when you were doing your little uh, in your little history of the fight game, did you know all these things coming up, or did you have to like experience something different to in order to figure it no, out? No, I did. Um, some of it, some of it is natural, and some resilience is natural. But I had to learn some things from experience. I had to learn some things from some other people. Um, I had to learn some things that that you know that I read about that I tried. Um, and I and quite frankly, I learned a lot from getting literally punched in the face. So um, it's a combination of things that uh, that get. And I'm not done learning. There's no ceiling on our learning, so I'm still learning. Right. We're gonna keep and we're gonna keep it straight and powerful too. This is Boxing With Life episode. We'll be right back after these short messages. Hola, somos La Joyería Azul. Estás escuchando el show de radio del burrito. <laughs> 2B1 has a game called None is Perfect Billiards. It is a game based on points, stroke play, pretty much. Uh, you get to find out what your score would be in comparison to the pros. It's one of the better games that's out there, and it's new and fresh for the 21st century. If you'd like to be on the players list or participate in one of the games or videos, contact None is Perfect Billiards at nipbilliards at gmail.com. Get on the players list and take part in the fun today. For over 100 years, San Diego Shade has been covering windows all over San Diego County. Whether you want roller shades, cellular shades, shutters, you're looking for an automated awning to go over your patio, you want some exterior roller shades to block the sun out, we're the company to go to. We're located conveniently in Miramar area at 7354 Trade Street. You can reach us on the phone at 619-287-8863. You can also check out our website at sandiegoshade.com. I look forward to covering your windows soon. Fresh food for the fresh body. 
What goes in fresh comes out healthy. Be sure to visit your local farmer's market. And trust me, you'll feel much better. For those in search for inner peace, stop by Sacred Sun, Essentials for Life Balance. Just a short walk from the La Mesa Trolley. Visit us at 8239 La Mesa Boulevard or call us at 619-467-7073 for more details. We're open from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Tuesdays through Saturdays. And we hope to see you soon. Are you in need of legal representation? Affordable at that? It is very possible with Legal Shield. For more information, contact Candace Howard at candacehoward.wearelegalshield.com. Again, that's candacehoward.wearelegalshield.com. Can't wait to talk to you. So for those of you that just want to get out, stretch, uh, take a quick smoke. Uh, there's some restroom facilities you can use. Uh, also some vending machines. Once again, we will depart at 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock, this bus will be departing. Montgomery. This is the Poodle Dog Mom. And T-Dog. And you're, you're listening, listening to, to the, the Burrito, Burrito Radio, Radio Show. Booga, 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 booga. Hey, is that what you guys do in the ring when you guys like are down and out? You know what I'm saying? You need some like waking up. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, snap out of it. What do you no, do? You sound like somebody hitting the heavy bag vocally, but so uh, or hitting the speed bag vocally. So I, you know, I I got a flashback doing that. I used to be better at that than I am, but yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess what I'm trying to say is this. Okay, um, let's take somebody who was, let's say, has PTSD, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get too many people that have PTSD to coach, or do you deal with this pretty often? No, for PTSD, it's something that requires um, uh, medical assistance. Um, Likewise, people that are suicidal or clinically depressed. So again, like as I said in the last segment, um, we do have some skill in that, but basically we're going off of... uh, that's not a, a life coaching issue. That's more of a, a, a psychiatric issue. So we, we pass that on. And we do have um, um, psychologists and psychiatrists and mental health professionals on our team, but we pass it off. That's not something that, uh, that, I, that, I, that I'm trained to, uh, to deal with uh, generally. But um, I think that some of the things we do would help, but I'm, I'm not willing to take that. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that when it comes down to that, it's, that's out of your, your uh, you know, what you guys do. What you're talking about doing is really, motivating somebody to be better at what they basically yes okay now so let's take somebody that has ptsd and let's say they're not psychotic but they need to be motivated to do something because all they can really think about is what they have what they're stressed about how would you go about coaching somebody okay so again that wouldn't be me but i do know that um, a lot of times that our psychiatrists like to use the cognitive be- uh, behavior theory model to um, identify uh, triggers. So um, typically, okay, typically this is this is what would happen, even though this is not what I do. Um, I'm trained to do it. It's like be- knowing how to fly, but I'm not qualified to fly. Right. So I would pass it off to somebody you know, who knows how to fly this particular, you know, um, um, airplane. Um, the cognitive behavior model, you'd have to identify triggers. What triggers? And then you'd have to define those triggers um, and de- how you currently define those triggers. Um, you'd have to um, determine if there was any unbalanced thinking going on. And um, if you can identify triggers in advance, you have a better chance of uh, 
balancing your thinking so that trigger so you can b manage the consequences. So um, you identify the trigger, balance your thinking, or you identify any patterns or habits. You, you can try to figure out the why, change the definition. It's called reframing, so you can change the consequence of the uh, the emotional consequence if that was the 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 what resulted from the PTSD or the physical con you know consequence. Some people will um, cry, lash out, punch people in the face, or whatever based on that that PTSD. So, um, in a that, that's cognitive behavior theory in a nutshell. We use it for a different reason, but um, a psychologist, psychiatrist use cognitive behavior theory a lot to treat uh, these sorts of things, um, depressive uh, issues and um, PTSD. Yeah, so in other words, what you're dealing with somebody who's actually already self-motivated, right? Somebody that has self-motivation. Not in other words, you're not really trying, you're not really trying to trying to push anybody out. Well, you should do this because you got skills of doing this, or you should do this because you got skills of doing not that. You want somebody that already knows what they want to do, and then make no, much not necessarily, because we have people that come in with a uh, with very at various levels. So, but in the uh, with the coaching that we do is we would not, and this is not um, athletic coaching, but uh, like the life coaching that we do would be to um, you do a series of questioning techniques is you find out what it is your values are and how can you live your values. For example, you might ask a question like this. So imagine your life five years from now. It's a perfect life. You're living your best life. What is it? And then it would say, you know, and we would say, you know, we would challenge him to think, you know, um, physically, mentally, spiritually, socially, educationally, financially, um, just in every, every way. Um, and then, we would ask them, so what So what goals would end up meeting your best life? So in other words, we're trying to, to, to focus their thinking. So they may not know what it is they want to do, but as they picture their best life and they figure out what 10 goals or 15 goals or 20 goals would meet their best life, then we get them to prioritize their goals. And then, then we'll say something like, okay, so in the next 24 hours, what can you do towards this goal. You can't take all 20 goals at once. Pick one. And who says you can't have your best life? Because nothing you said is unrealistic. It's your life. You picked it. So now pick a goal and set, do something the next 24 hours to advance that goal. And once you got that down the line, then pick another one. So that's kind of, you know, in a, um, um, at, the, at the risk of, over, you know, hopefully that wasn't overcomplicated, but um, not everyone comes in. Very, actually, very few people come in knowing this is what I want to do. This is and this is how I want to do it, and this is what's wrong with me. In relation to boxing his life, wouldn't that be like I just knocked this dude out, or I knocked this lady out, or whatever, or I knocked him down, or I hurt well, him? Well, him. no. In relation to boxing his life, by, by getting by getting the goals by getting the goals accomplished. Well, it, it's it's choosing. Not everyone who comes in is going to be you know champ uh, you know a champion of the world, but you know what a trainer will do is try to bring out the maximum that you can be. You know, very matter, very few boxers are going to be champion of the world. Some people are just going to. If if I would have um, boxed from um, from my youth to this day, I don't think I would have been champion of the world. But I love it so much that maybe I don't have to be champion of the world for me to be a success. Maybe somebody else is more talented does need to be. So I want my trainers and my sparring partners and the people around me to bring out the best I can be. So that's what we're trying to do, bring out the best. That these So they're coming to us like someone's coming into the gym. We're just trying to bring out the best they can be, just like a trainer trying to bring out the best you can be. Right. Um, I I, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. I understand. You're not, you're not worried. It's not about being a champion. It's about the action. It's, it's about the process. You know, and this is something we say in, um, in the gym and it's something we say in, in, in life that sometimes – it's not about the victory. Sometimes it's just about the fight. So trust the process, get ready, go do your thing, and let's see where you end up. And maybe you go a little bit farther, maybe just do it for the love of it. But I don't have to um, gauge my so, life by what somebody else considers successful, just like I don't have to gauge my fight. If I fought Mike Tyson, I, I was standing at the end of one round, I would consider that a huge success. Somebody else might consider it 
some some experts would say that it's all a, it would that would equal to out to uh, execution. <laughs> uh, I, I fear no man. So, Mike, if you're listening, give me a shot. <laughs> give me a shot. Are we about the same age? Give me a shot at it too. But see what I'm saying though. Um, I I decide my success. I get to choose what I consider a success. Some would say if I can get out of 11 seconds. Then that I consider that a success. I didn't get knocked out the first time, you know. Some say just getting in the ring would be a success. So I choose my own success. I choose my own um, uh, method of measuring it in life and in the ring. I tell you what. I tell you what. <clears throat> okay, so last uh, episode I started, I did this like thing called wordplay. So I want to try it with you real quick. This uh, the last I, part of this, uh, of this of uh, this. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a word or a phrase and just within a, you know, a short sentence or two, just what comes to your mind. Uh, okay, okay you I think ready? so. Don't say nothing crazy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, the four squared circle. Four squared circle? The boxing yeah. ring. That's yeah. what comes to your mind? Although I don't know why they call it the squared circle, but that, that's what comes to my mind. <laughs> Got you. Uh, audience. Um, uh, perform. That's yes. what comes to your mind? Okay. Um, I'm better with an audience. What about, what about sweat? To sweat, to get like presper, preparation. Is that how you pronounce it? Blood, sweat, and tears. That's, That's what, what came to my mind. mind. Okay. Well, let's go with um, Ernie Shavers. <laughs> uh, power. That's, That's what comes to your mind. Came to my mind. Also overachiever, but power came first. Okay. How about uh, a United States general? Colin Powell. That's, that's what, what came to your mind. mind? Okay, you can use phrases or sentences. That's what came to my mind, though. Um, I'm just saying, you can use a phrase or sentence if you want. We'll see what comes okay. to my mind on the um, All right, I got you, I got you. Okay, how about uh, how about organic chemistry? Huh? That's what, organic. That's what came chemistry. to my mind. Huh? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute, that's the so with candy in your Bible. <laughs> chemistry. I, I right. got one more. We'll move on. But I, I didn't want to uh, throw any Swahili at you. But uh, yeah, there, there's some things that came to my mind on that that I'm like. No, go ahead and say it in Swahili, please. That's what came to my mind. <laughs> Let me say it again. I got you. Do okay, you all know what, what that means? Okay, translate, it please. Means, what has that got to do with me? Organic yeah. chemistry? You said what comes to my mind. Man. Because I don't know what you're talking about, but I don't know that. Well, I mean, like, we were talking about life coaching. We were talking about, like, you know, how you have to have, like, preparation, training. Um, and I'm thinking, like, you have to have some type of chemistry with all this all these things that's going on that's well mixed and it's organic it's not okay inorganic. well remember right. when I said that I, I, I wasn't done learning that's one of those things that I'm going to have to you know learn some more about I mean think about it I mean think about it you want to go through life you want to get through life right you have to be able to get along in order to move forward you're not going to be able to move forward by not getting along it's very difficult if so so you have to have some really good chemistry with people okay and it has to be organic in order for it okay. to be genuine. Okay, all right, all right. Like I said, I'm learning, I'm learning. 
I mean, like, you know, I mean, that's why I brought it up. Okay, let's just do a few more, okay? <laughs> this episode this episode is making me laugh. Um, let's go with uh, the African drum. The African drum. The African uh, handmade one. drum. I know, the djembe. What, I what just said I mind? have one. That's it. That's, yeah. it. That's all it comes to your mind. Um, all right. How about uh, let's go with ballet. The ballet footwork. Nice. I thought you were gonna say Muhammad Ali. Dancing, dancing, dancing. That's Michael Jackson, but that's okay too, though. <laughs> Got you. Um, what about uh, the concrete? The concrete. Yeah, like you know, the mixture of the concrete too. Uh, street football. Street Remember football. Remember that back in the day. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think they do that anymore, but that's what it made me think of. Maybe yeah, we should bring it back. You know, <laughs> go down to the car, make you know, do an out, boom. I got you. <laughs> Try not to exactly. run into the car, right? Nobody's opening the door. You remember how it was. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I, I got you. Okay, let's do one more. Okay, let's, let's do, do one more. Okay, let's do one more. Uh, I'm gonna do one. Uh, one person that, like, you know, it's like, uh, I'm gonna do. He's probably. I just saw an episode on him, so why not bring him up? Randy Macho Man Savage. Randy, Macho Man Savage, uh, funny. Yeah, that's what comes to your mind. Kind of like yeah. an uh, entertainer, he's, he's a funny guy. Oh yeah, I got you. Hey, I can't wait for us to actually start talking about the real back to the real boxing thing. Uh, with uh, you got Tyson Fury fighting Anthony Joshua. Don't I don't want you to really bring anything up. I, I can't wait for us to kind of like go into the debate of that. By the way, um, you're taking Joshua. Yeah, my only pick is Joshua. I, I'm not a I, I'm not a Tyson Fury believer, not yet. <laughs> All right, we'll get into that to the next episode. I'd like to thank Baba Zande for another episode of Boxing His Life. Uh, Baba Zande, say say uh, what's up to your fans. Well, Give them a little um, shout out. I love coming on here. This is one of my favorite topics in the world. Um, you, we take the boxing, you take the life, you put it together. And I think that um, if, if uh, even if you don't like fights, hopefully you can uh, follow with uh, with where we're going. And, um, you know, all of us can be uh, champions. All of us can be giants. All of us can be great. But you got to get up to do it. Um, if you stay down, you lose. You get up and you might, you know, you, who knows? You, you can you can get some things done. So thank you again for this opportunity. I loved uh, I loved uh, today's uh, show. All right, and try not to get dunked on for all you basketball <laughs> players out there. Anyway, this is 2B1 Energy, uh, your host for the two, uh, Burrito Radio Show. Until next time, we'd like to remind you, it's still one motion. So ride the wave of life.